You didn't even have to say my last name at school. If you heard, uh, Lloyd, please come to the principal's office. Then you knew who, <laughs> and you saw me running out the door. There was only one Lloyd in the entire school. It was kind of hard to stay hidden. But not so with Herod. There were a handful of Herods, and each Herod was a handful. There was Herod the Great, Herod Archelaus, Herod Antipas, Herod Philip, and to make life more interesting, Herod Agrippa I and Herod Agrippa II. That's a lot of Herods. Herod the Great was more interested in being great than good, but he had a son named Herod Antipas. And he loved power like his dad, but he was a little better than his dad. And he was intrigued by a preacher named John. They're a bit of an odd pair, an ambitious, self-centered ruler named Herod, and a fiery evangelist named John who lunched on locusts and wore camel skin suits to church. During one trip to see the fam, Herod met his brother's wife Herodias, and the two fell in love. And Herod convinced Herodias to divorce his brother, he would divorce his wife, and they would start their new life together. Nobody had the courage to stand up to Herod and tell him he was wrong, but John did. John pointed that preacher pointer finger in Herod's face and told him, You have grieved God, and you need to repent, sir. Now, had John said that to Herod's dad, no more John. But Herod Antipas valued life a little more, and he let John live. But one night at dinner, Herod said, Man, did you guys hear that message last Sabbath? That message John preached, Thank God for Abigail? Wow, what a word! And Herodias stabbed her stake. Herod knew his wife hated John, so he had John thrown into prison. But Herod was still intrigued by John. Even though his words cut Herod to the heart, he still asked John to tell him what God was telling him. And then the night came. The palace was full of all the who's who in Herod's life. It was his birthday, and they threw him a birthday gala. The palace was filled with higher-ups and military men and the rich and famous in Galilee. It was Herod's favorite day because it was all about his favorite person. During the party, Herod wanted to show off his trophy family, so he called in his wife's daughter, and she was beautiful. He wanted everyone else to see she was beautiful. Herod ordered her to dance. Whether she wanted to or not, she danced before Herod and all his drunken friends. They yelled out to her, they whistled, they clapped. It was wicked and wrong for him to exploit his daughter like he did, but he did it anyway. And after her dance, they all applauded her, and Herod was so happy, everybody was so happy. He was drunk on wine and pride, a dangerous cocktail. And he offered to pay his daughter for her dance. In front of God and everyone, he allowed her to set the price. He would pay it. Anything you want, sweetheart, up to half the kingdom, you name it, it's yours. She wasn't ready for this. Maybe another pony, but Dad's offering half the kingdom. She didn't know what to ask, but she knew who would. She would ask her mother, because mother knows best. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to The High Cost of Offense on Simplify. Herodias' daughter weaved her way through the drunken guests who whistled at her and tried to touch her until she finally found her mom. She stood there with stars in her eyes and told her mom all about the dance and what her dad said she could ask for. What should she ask for? She could ask for a pony, but oh, forget a pony. She'll ask for a whole stable or an entire farm. She could ask for a zoo. Or what about her own mall? Wait, wait, what about gold? I love gold. I could ask for half the kingdom in gold or jewels, love jewels. Or I could ask dad for a position. I could be in charge of my own little kingdom. 
I have no idea what to ask for. Mom will know. Mom, what do I ask for? And Herodias looked right into her daughter's starry eyes and said with a smirk, Ask for the head of John the Baptist. Um, no, really, Mom, what do I ask for? Dad's offering me half the kingdom. He, he doesn't give anyone anything. This is a once-in-a-lifetime offer. I get one swipe on his gilded credit card. I've got to make it count. What do I ask for? Ask for the head of John the Baptist. Her mother was serious. She walked away from her and up to her dad. He looked a little worried. Maybe he offered too much for the dance. What would it cost him? What would she ask for? He asked her, what do you want, sweetheart? I'm a man of my word. I gave you my word. What do you want? It's yours up to half the kingdom. Just name your price. She glanced back to see her mom standing in the back of the room, staring at her with her arms crossed. She looked up at her dad and said, I, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter, and I want it now. Herod was speechless. Of everything she could ask for, she asks for this? Herod loved John, feared John, revered John, but because of his oath, he looked toward one of the guards who still had his sword hanging at the side, and he said, Well, you heard her. Go get it. And he sat silent for what seemed like hours until the guard came back carrying the head of John the Baptist on a platter. He gave it to the young lady, who carried it to the back of the room and gave it to her mother, and the party was over. And it cost her half the kingdom just because her mom was offended. Since the day John told Herod, you're married, she's married, you need to repent, this isn't right. Since that day, Herodias couldn't have a good day. She just kept thinking about John. It ate away at her, galled her, until finally she could get her revenge on John for what he said that offended her. And it cost her daughter half the kingdom, the high cost of offense. She should have been thankful she had a preacher willing to preach the truth, even if she didn't want to hear it. But rather than thankful, she was offended. In this day of sensitivities and tolerance, I have very unpopular news for you. The Word of God is offensive to sin. It's like someone turning on the light at three in the morning. Your eyes scream for darkness, but someone insists on leaving on the light. That's what God's Word does. His Word will not allow us to live comfortably in darkness without flooding our eyes with light. If you want a preacher who will celebrate sin or turn a blind eye to sin, you may have a motivational speaker or a life coach, but you don't have a preacher. Because a preacher will preach the Word of God, and the Word of God is offensive to sin. But that's never a license to offend in the way we deliver the Word of God. If I or any other teacher or preacher have ever offended you in the way we have delivered the Word of God, if we were ever unfeeling or uncaring or angry or self-righteous, I ask you to forgive me or forgive us. But we can't be right with God if we're offended at each other. If you're offended at someone, please don't do what Herodias did and scheme and plot and plan your revenge. Rather, go to the person who offended you and tell them how they've offended you and give them an opportunity to reconcile. But don't go home and share your offense with your family, especially if it's against ministry. Because there may dawn a day you need a man or woman of God to talk to your teenager and you'll march them to the office or to the altar begging someone to talk to them, but they won't listen because you've already executed the character of the ministry in their life. It might cost your son or daughter their soul because they no longer listen to a man or woman of God. There is a high cost of offense, and you're not the only one that pays that price. 
you certainly don't have to be in ministry to offend somebody. Offense is an equal opportunity employer. But not everybody will pay the high cost of offense because not everyone will choose to be offended. The Christ-like ones will choose forgiveness. Some, however, will pay that high price, and they will renew their subscription to offense year after year. Some in the family won't talk to someone else in the family because they're offended. Friends haven't seen friends for years because they're offended. Businesses break apart, marriages fall apart, many the victims of offense. So what do we do if we've been offended? Do we just let it go and pretend like it never happened? Well, you can't do that because it did happen. Do we assume we did something wrong so they had a right to offend us? Well, that's not right because maybe you are right to think you were right and they didn't have the right. So what do we do if we've been offended? We do our best to reconcile. Reconciliation is rarely easy, but always right. In fact, reconciliation is so right, Jesus commanded us to go out of our way to be reconciled with one another, even to take the time to make things right with them before we try to make them right with him. And sometimes we can't reconcile. Sometimes the people who offended us or even we offended, they won't hear us or forgive us. But may it never be said that we, who are followers of Jesus, will not hear others or forgive others or ask others to forgive us. If you've done what you can do, you are not responsible for their response. You're just responsible to do what you can do and leave the rest to them and to God. Even if it's been years and you've renewed your subscription to offense year after year, it is time to cancel the subscription and help bring healing to somebody else's heart and your own. If we don't want to pay the high cost of offense, today is the day we should choose forgiveness over offense. I want to pray and ask the Lord to help us. This is a hard thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. So if somebody has offended you, I'm going to pray that God would give you the courage and the faith to ask him to forgive you for holding that, and then ask him to help you go to them and ask them to help make it right with you. Lord Jesus, you gave us very clear instruction in your word. You did not leave us to wonder what we need to do. I pray for those who are listening, who they have been offended by somebody else. I pray today, God, if they've carried that for a while, I ask you to heal them of it, but I ask you to forgive them for it. I ask you to help them, give them the courage to go to whoever offended them and offer that person an opportunity to reconcile and make things right. I pray, God, help us never to nurse or carry offense or grudges or bitterness or resentment. But I pray, Lord, help us to be ready, quick to forgive, quick to offer mercy. Help us, Lord, to be more like you. Help us to choose forgiveness over offense. And I ask you to bring healing and reconciliation and restoration and relationships all around the world today as a result of this word. I pray you would do that. And I give you all the glory and thanks for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in to Simplify. It is an absolute honor to know that this podcast is a part of your devotional life and your walk with God. If you know somebody who could be blessed by this episode, maybe they've been hurt by somebody else and this is an opportunity to share with them how to bring healing to that hurt and make things right, please share this episode with them. Tell them about it. If you have a story you would like to share with me about how God has brought healing to you because of reconciliation and because of your willingness to forgive and to let go of offense, I would love to hear your story. I would love to hear in real life how you got it right 
when in the book of Mark chapter 6, Herodias got it so wrong. So please look me up on social media. My Facebook handle is lj.harry. Instagram, Twitter, and Parlor is LJ and Andrea, L-J-A-N-D-A-N-D-R-E-A. If you are looking for another podcast to enjoy and help you in your walk with God, my dear friend, Lieutenant Andy Burns, and I are getting ready to drop another episode tomorrow on our podcast together called The Preacher and the Policeman. You can find that on any of the platforms you listen to the podcast. You can find it on the platform you listen to this podcast. It'll also be right there in the show notes to make it easy for you to find. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion that was inspired by a lady in our church. Thanks, Sister Hines, who shared with me what God shared with her. And I preached it in the form of a sermon, but I have simplified it. (laughs) See what I did there? Down to a devotion just for simplify. And it's called The Bones Have Names. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with our Jesus as we walk through Simplify.